Have you ever gotten financially naked as a financial brand leader? Does your bank, your credit union, your fintech have a proven system or process to help your account holders first get financially naked so that you can then coach and guide them towards increasing their financial health and their financial well-being? Now, if this idea of getting financially naked sounds like a scary and painful process, I have good news for you. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be painful for you. It doesn't have to be scary or painful for your account holders. In fact, financial coaching might just be the thing you need to keep leveling up loans and deposits at your financial brand. But how does financial coaching work? Well, let's find out together on today's episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Greetings and hello, my name is James Robert Lay, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Practical Perspective series, and joining me for today's conversation is Audrey Kanata, who is our operations lead here at the Digital Growth Institute. And in today's episode, Audrey and I are going to get financially naked with you so that you can learn how a financial coaching program can help your bank, your credit union, your fintech, increase the emotional connections that you have with your account holders, and then as a result, continue to level up loans and deposits. Welcome to the show, Audrey. It is so good to share time with you today. Thank you, James Robert. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And before we get into talking a, a very important subject, even a very personal subject for many, this idea of financial coaching, and we'll just, you know, maybe dispel some myths around that, but also get into your own journey that you've been on with financial coaching. What is good in your world right now, personally or professionally? It is your pick to get started on a positive note. Uh, 2024 is off to a wonderful start. Uh, I have just really been enjoying, uh, excuse my language, but you'll appreciate this, getting shit done. Um one of the things that I really get energy out of is making things real, making it, you know, you specifically, your ideas come to life. And there's just been a lot of that in the last couple of weeks. So I'm just really enjoying uh, this time right now, this season. You know, and coming out of the, we'll call it the winter, if you will, the winter of 2023. And I say that because just hearing from so many leaders, CEOs, executives, marketing teams, uh, even recently working with a team and we were talking about in reflection, like what, what is good for them? And a couple of them, they're to put it bluntly, they were like just making it through 2023, just getting it to the yeah. other side. And it's this idea of surviving versus arriving versus thriving. And when I think about the work that we're doing to teach financial brand marketing and sales teams how to level up their loans and deposits, one of these opportunities is around helping their account holders not just survive, but to really thrive when it comes to their financial well-being. And while it's not an area that we tend to lead with as there are other specific areas of focus to shore up within a financial buying journey 
for example, secret shopping a website or getting a digital growth blueprint. Financial coaching definitely enters into the discussion sometimes sooner, sometimes later. First and foremost, before we get into your story, what is financial coaching and why why is there a perhaps a misunderstanding at a macro level from many when we talk about financial coaching, what are they typically thinking about? I think one of two things, they either think financial education, mm. financial literacy, or uh, financial advisory. And it really, it's a mix. It is a mix of education. I will say that there are a lot of educational components to it, but a lot of it is accountability. Um, it's, you know, someone who can be there to listen to you judgment free, really help you make these personal um, goals and work on strategies that are good for you. You know, it's not about helping you invest. You know, they really don't have any skin in the game. If you think of just, you know, like a coach at the gym, they're there to guide you, support you, help you. And it's going to look different for different people. I'm sure my sessions with my coach follow a a framework, but how we, you know, go about uh, making progress and setting goals, I'm sure looks different across the board. So I think there is a little bit of misconception that it's either strictly education or strictly advising. That's a good point that financial coaching is not about investing or getting into the tactical pieces of money. That that is often, I do see a misconception because they think that right. well, we're already doing financial literacy or we already have quote unquote financial advisors that are helping account holders with this. But through your own personal experience, you're seeing something different. Well, financial literacy is one to many. Yeah. Uh, the, the coaching is one-on-one. -on -one. It's very unique to your situation. Well, I, I would I would even unpack that further financial literacy or financial education it's the knowledge sure. it's it's helping people to gain a new perspective maybe gain some understanding but through your educational background just because one gains knowledge does that mean that they change their behavior correct does that mean that they go down a different path does it mean that they stop doing something and start doing something else no we know that we know that there has to be that feeling involved and that motivation. And that's one of the things that my financial coach works with me on is, you know, I'm almost six, seven months into it. And we're really having to do a lot of personal discovery to figure out where that motivation is, um, where that feeling is in, inside of me, because you're right. Just knowing what to do isn't enough to do it. So there's been a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And the, the idea of financial coaching is something that really has been on my radar. And I've been talking about this. I've been writing about it. I've been speaking about it since 20, maybe 2016, 2017. Um, it was interesting that back in, I think it was 2021, um, I even wrote about it in banking on, on digital growth and it was starting to introduce where this fits into the overall experience for an account holder and how it could be deployed and how it could be packaged up to offer more than just a commoditized product. But even over the last four or five years since banking on digital growth was published, we're seeing 
slow to no movement in this area at a macro industry level. And I think a lot of it is there's a misunderstanding. There's a misconception. But even more so, it was interesting in around 2021 time period. I want to say it was McKinsey. They were looking at the just the, the the larger financial advisor space, and they said financial advisors by 2030, they're going to be more coaches because they're going to have the technology that does all of the quote unquote number crunching. The financial advisor is going to have to learn more about human behavior human transformation, why people do what they do, which to me, this was the whole reason why I wrote Banking on Change to begin with in the first place, because thinking about transformation, quote unquote, digital transformation, I was curious as to why maybe 15% of organizations would apply the thinking that we would share with them with their strategy. What was what was going on with the other 85%, 90% who weren't doing anything? They had the knowledge, but they weren't applying the knowledge and then whenever I started going down this path of learning really deeply human transformation, I said, this is applicable, not just to digital transformation, but to cultural transformation, brand transformation internally, financial transformation for externally for account holders, which you have now back to your point, have been on a financial journey, not by yourself. You have joined a program the financial gym and you have a financial coach. So take us back because I think your perspective, your experience here is going to be helpful for those who are watching and listening who might have heard that this idea of financial coaching, but they don't know what it is. How do we integrate this within to our own methodology at our bank or at our credit unit, our FinTech take us back as to why, you joined a financial coaching program to begin with in the first place. I will. Um, so I will just be completely transparent and, and you know, most of the story and I've even touched on some of it here and there on the podcast, but uh, this time last year, I was in an extremely uncomfortable financial situation. And when I say uncomfortable, I mean like suffocating. Um, and I, I, that that is not hyperbole. Um, I be unexpectedly um, became the sole financial provider for my two kids. Um, I had one kid at daycare at the time. So we know that is a massive monthly hit. Um, so that was tough um, to have such you know vast changes occur in your finances unexpectedly. And on top of that, it was one of those seasons where it just felt like when it rains, it pours. Um, I got hit almost, you know, back to back to back with major bills that I didn't see coming. My car, we all know when you hit that moment, when you've got a car, you've had it for a little while. <laughs> and it was just like one thing. You just feel like you can't even get out of the driveway before it goes back in the shop. And, you know, within five to six weeks, it had been in, you know, three or four times. I'm talking, it was almost to the point where, you know, you go through these emotions where you're, you're angry and you're cursing and you're mad and then you're sad. And then you finally just kind of throw your hands up in the air. Like, I don't even know what to do anymore, but just laugh because, you know, my, my debt, you know, almost tripled within months. And I just, I was paralyzed and I didn't know what to do. And, and let me also 
put this in there because I think it's very important to note that while a lot of these circumstances were out of my control, the fact that up until this point, I was not financially healthy and I was not in a very, I had not been financially independent before. So, and that's, that's hard to say uh, at 36 years old that I really did not have um, a very responsible way of handling my money. And so I think had I had that, I probably could have handled the situation a little bit differently, but it was almost like I found myself really just, I had nowhere to go. I mean, I was at the bottom of a dark, deep hole and I really just didn't know what else to do other than ask for help. Um, And so I started looking around and trying to get creative. Okay. How can I get out of this? Because it's not going to change. It is what it is. You know, you learn from the school of hard knocks. This has been some tough lessons. And so this idea of getting a financial coach came up and we had talked a little bit about it. And so I, I actually looked into it on my own because I thought I'm going to have to have somebody really hold my hand throughout all this. Um, Cause this is going to be tough. This is going to take a long commitment to get out of this rut that I'm in. And so, yeah, I, I joined and um, I know we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but that's kind of the backstory of how I got my financial pickle. <laughs> There's, there's a couple of points that I want to loop back on as you were unpacking that. First and foremost is your emotive state. I think you described it as suffocating, which is very fascinating to me just hearing this because back in 2014, SunTrust, which is now truest through the BB&T SunTrust merger, SunTrust launched the On Up program. And they launched it during the Super Bowl. And I will never forget this because as I watched their Super Bowl ad, they personified what you just shared to a T. The commercial opened with, hold your breath. Hold it. Hold it. This is what financial stress feels like for millions of Americans. It's like you can't breathe. It's like you're underwater. And they personified that emotion so well, just with the words, then the visuals. So I just wanted to just pause on that point here for those who are watching and listening. Because if you haven't felt that, it's very hard to relate to that feeling. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's hard to go to the grocery store and swipe your card, even though it's necessities, just knowing that you're just stuck. And and even the most important purchases, even that stresses you out. And that's tough. Um, And we all know that that, you know, that your financial stress, it carries over to a lot of aspects of your life. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And with children. You know, especially with ones that are my age, I've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old and explaining to them why we're not going on a family trip this summer when all their friends are going, you know, to different states or Disney World or whatever. And, and, and I know James Robert, you've shared this before, um, personally is hearing that word, those words growing up, we can't afford this, we can't afford this and how that stuck with you. And so it, it really just affects all aspects of your life. Um, 
everywhere. I mean, my mental health was suffered because was suffering because I just felt like this failure because a lot of I take responsibility. A lot of the situation I was in was was really on me. And it's a hard place to be, especially, you know, when you look around, we've got comparison culture. Um, I'm not in the same place as a lot of people in my life that I know. And it's tough. It's tough to swallow your pride. And and but you did. And you asked for help. You said, hey, there's a problem. I don't like the way that I feel. I don't want to continue to live this way. And this gets into a deeper level point of, you know, a newer study of psychology, which is that of the future self. So you took action. You took responsibility. But you needed some accountability. And you needed some objective perspective, too, to help you move beyond that painful state to get to an even better place. And before we get to what that was like for you, when you talk about this painful state, I can't help but wonder who else is watching, who else is listening, who else works at a financial brand right now, a bank, credit union, or fintech. And they're like, yeah, that's me. Because listen, like, I get it. You know, you, you, you brought me up in this idea of growing up my financial narrative or my, my financial story that I'm still having to work through myself was we can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. When you hear that, you almost, you go to the opposite direction and you push against that. And that creates some other challenges as well. So. I bring that up because if you are watching, if you are listening and you're like, yeah, that's me. I feel the same thing, but I also feel like an imposter because I do work at a bank. I do work at a credit union. I'm struggling with this. There's this whole imposter syndrome complex, which let's make this very practical. When we go back to the SunTrust narrative with the launch of their own up program, Before they launched to the public, I want to say they spent six months to a year launching on up first and foremost internally to their team members so that they could increase the financial confidence of their team members. Why is that that important? Well, empathy. I mean, empathy. Um, When you – I think – you hit such a good point on the imposter imposter syndrome. Um, and I think a lot of us or a lot of people in the industry probably do have some insecurities financially and, and they're probably thinking, well, how, I mean, this is what I do for a living. And, and even, you know, when I first came back for tour number two, I wasn't in the financial situation that I was in, you know, a couple of years later. And we're talking about finances and money every single day. And I remember thinking to myself, this is wild. Like I, I feel like I am the target audience right now for someone who needs this kind of a program. Um, but because I've been through it, you know, I have this different level of empathy and awareness and understanding, and I can now be an advocate for programs like financial coaching. Cause I see it. I didn't see it before. So I didn't live it, yeah. but I've lived it now. And I can say, this is a program that is so, you know, 
impactful and really can change someone's life or change the course of, you know, their financial life, but, but everything around it. And so I think it's just having that, that empathy and understanding. I think maybe more people, if they really paused and thought they might have a lot of similar stories as well, but they're just kind of holding it in. Cause I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize that I was in as rough as financial shape I was in until it was too late. Cause yeah. we can all kind of tell ourselves and convince ourselves, Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's good until lack of better words, shit hits the fan mm-hmm. <laughs> and you realize maybe I'm not as good off as I thought I was. But I will tell you, and you do know this, and for confidentiality reasons, we're not going to name names or share their stories, but through the work that we have done with other financial brands, with their marketing teams, with sales teams, we have had a couple of cohorts connect in one-on-one breakouts, and then they share their financial stories. And they're not all rainbows and unicorns. There's a lot of there's a lot of pain and to bring all of this together, empathy is such a key opportunity to connect with, with just people and meet them where they're at, which is where let's move the story along here. So you, you had this problem, you knew you needed help. You knew you needed accountability. So you joined a financial coaching program it's paid mm-hmm. member, paid monthly membership, just like a gym, which I think is important to to note that this does have the potential to create non-interest income. And it's not that we're trying to make money off of people's pain, but right. for me, from the psychology standpoint, if if one is not paying for this, they're probably not going to do anything with it. Well, I exact it's an investment in the future self. And I will say from looking at the research and the data with some of these financial programs, I know the payback for those that are going through them, increasing credit score by 50 points within 12 months, finding ways to stop losing $5,000 in the, over the course of 12 months. And when you think about a membership fee of around a hundred dollars a month or so, it's $1,200 in, but you're talking about, figuring out how to stop losing $5,000. Well, you're up at that point, right around $4,000, $3,800, 4,000. So it's a huge return on investment financially, but even more importantly, emotionally, relationally, physically, mentally, spiritually. So there's a much bigger, I think even return to think about that goes just beyond the dollars and cents and how this can truly transform lives and transform families. Yeah. And it's funny you say that. I mean, it's not, this is all very real, but to make a little bit light of it in my very first call that I had when I was still deciding whether or not I wanted to sign up and we were looking at the different pricing plans and I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, a hundred dollars or whatever it was a month. I'm not sure about that. And I mean, this is a good sales tactic, but the person I was talking to said, if that $100 a month stresses you out, then this program is precisely for you. Um, and that kind of hit me like, wow, that that actually makes perfect sense. Because if I'm stressing about $100 to invest to make myself better, then that means I, I really do need this help. Yeah. So you got the help. You joined the program. 
walk us through what this experience was like to begin because you had to get financially naked. I did. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> what was that like? I was very, I was very nervous. Um, and I will say going into it, they, this, this particular organization did try to match me with some, with a coach that they thought I would compliment me as far as having similar interests, we'd vibe. So that was really neat to go into it knowing that they had kind of handpicked someone based on, on getting to know me a little bit, but yeah, I had to get financially naked and it was terrifying. Um, I had to bring everything to the table, all of the accounts, all of the credit cards, all of the debt, everything to my name. And, you know, I, I will say from the beginning, my coach made me feel very, very comfortable. One of the first things he said was, Hey, look, I've been in your shoes. I have been in a really bad financial spot. And I can tell you that nothing you share today, nothing you tell me is going to make me judge you. I, I get it. If anything, I, I was probably worse off than you were. Um, so he really made me feel comfortable in that way. But yeah, we just looked at everything. Um, and the very first few months was simply about getting organized, getting systems in place, getting budgets together. I didn't even have like a real budget, the B word. if you will. Um, I just didn't have a system really. And so that took a lot of trial and error. And, you know, we looked at things like where's there, where there's these, you know, subscriptions coming from or these fees that we can cut. And and I thought too that, you know, going into this, all right, I'm going to have to get so strict. They're going to cut every extra thing that I don't have to have every little luxury. You know, my life is going to get really boring. <laughs> and he said, no, we're not going to do that. That's not the goal here. We want you to still have a good, healthy, happy life, but we need to figure out ways to, um, for you to be able to have that and work towards your future. And so he said, look, what are some non-negotiables? What are some things that maybe are a luxury, but you really want in your budget? And I go, my gym membership and my hair, please make those two things work and we can cut other things. And he goes, and I thought he was going to judge me a little bit. He was like, okay, not a problem. He goes, he actually threw one more in there. He goes, you want to get your nails done too? And I was like, there's no way that's, <laughs> that's too much. Um, but he did, he worked those things into the system. So it wasn't like I was having to remove everything. And that immediately just made me feel so comfortable. And so we looked at ways we could cut in other areas so that I could enjoy the things in life that I wanted to, you know, I want to roll this back as you're going through the thought that popped into my head was, and you just said it, a fear of judgment. Like I, and, and I'm curious as to how much that fear holds us back, holds people back from even seeking and asking for help in the first place. Because I want to say it was a survey by stash.com a couple years ago that found one out of every three people feel like so it's a matter of perception feel like they are worse off financially 
than their peers. Whether or not that's reality, you mentioned this earlier, we do live in a comparison culture. We do live where people curate and filter their lives through Instagram and TikTok and whatnot, and they think that they're living their best life ever. But that's just the that's just the veneer. That's just the facade. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So we have to be very, very mindful of that. And then to your point, when we begin to expose ourselves, then it's like, what are they thinking? How are they mm-hmm. judging me? Mm-hmm. And I think when you create that environment that, hey, we're not, listen, I'm not judging you. I was probably worse off than you were. It just, it reduces the anxiety around this. And there's so much anxiety already tied around money. So just to be able to reduce that is a, is a positive win. And when you think about this mm-hmm. idea of a brand experience, to be able to associate that feeling and that emotion tied to the brand, it increases the brand equity into, into the mind of the account holder. So there are, once again, other ways that these financial coaching programs create value that we might not see at surface level. We have to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into the, into the mind, but more specifically the subconscious mind for that matter here. That's so true. I mean, and I never thought about that until just now, but thinking back with my relationship now with my financial coach and the and the organization that he's part of, yes, I, I have a very deep emotional tie to them now. And I probably will, it, you know, as far as I can see out, because I know that the things that are happening and the transformations that are happening for me, it's it's because of this relationship that I have with this person through this organization. I mean, they have transformed my view of the future into there is hope. You know, I know that there is a bright future ahead that I'm not, you know, as far off or as as far behind as I thought I was. I'm going to be able to still achieve all these things that I wanted to, that I didn't think were possible. I mean, that is a gift to be given. It really, really is. And I just, I can't stress that enough how, how important it is just mentally and emotionally to have that connection. And I'm also glad that you brought up a point here that I think if you're watching or listening and thinking, yeah, I could probably use a financial coach, but I'm afraid that they're going to make me wear sackcloth and eat bread and water um, and take away all the joy of life. You just addressed that key point and you, and you, what are the non-negotiables? And you were very clear with that. And I know you, you said your gym membership and your hair. Now I can't relate to the hair. So if you're watching, you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Like I, I'm losing it. It's not coming back. Um, and I'm okay with that but I get the gym membership. And I think that's an important point. That's a non-negotiable because we know you and I specifically through all the research that we do, the connection between a person's physical well-being and their financial well-being between their physical well-being and their mental well-being between their financial well-being and their mental. It's all interconnected. And I've always kind of, I've been thinking about this a lot and I don't have an answer for it, but it's like, are we, are we going about this all wrong as an industry? Because yeah, financial literacy has been a big discussion point for the last decade plus. And to be frank, I hate the word financial literacy because it's almost like we have a, 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 
population of illiterates and fair enough we do because this is not taught in school granted there are you know inroads being made here that's positive but there's also a body of work and research coming out saying financial education quote unquote has perhaps the potential to be doing more harm than good because it creates a pseudo sense of confidence um because yeah i have this knowledge but then there's no action to apply that knowledge, as I was mentioning before. There's no accountability to change behavior because so right. much of this subject of financial well-being is really associated with the subconscious mind, environment, family of origin, belief systems and structures that really the only way to, 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 to do this type of work is through coaching. You have to have someone bring some awareness. And that's where I want to just pause this conversation because that that's the next chapter, if you will, that I want to dive into and continue this discussion on another episode. What awareness has this brought for you through these conversations? Because where we're at right now is you had a problem. It was taking a toll on your your mental health, your relationship with your kids. You said, I need some help. You got some help. They put your mind at ease. They didn't take away all the joy of life. But you just started by getting some basic systems and processes into play. Did I miss yeah. anything? Just to kind yeah. of recap this. No, that's, that's a great summary. Um, definitely just in this point where I've got the systems, I've got the processes, I have a general understanding, but moving forward, I just had a, um, a call the other day with my coach and now we're really getting into understanding myself and my habits and what motivates me and how I can actually, and that's the difference with this education and the knowledge just knowing these different there's, and there's so many different ways to budget and to save. And we know that doesn't mean it's right for you and it's going to work for you. And so that's what we're doing right now is really figuring out what I can do, like what, what motivates me. Um, and so that's, so that's a really fun part. And, and I know we can continue this on another uh, episode. Well, let's do that because I think to bridge this conversation with the next this all comes back to something that I'm writing about in Banking on Change. For any type of change to happen, for any type of transformation to become reality, and you're on this journey, you had the courage to commit to do one thing. You had the courage to act. And ACT is an acronym where awareness plus commitment, that is what leads to transformation. And so let's pick this conversation up of the awareness that this is creating and how that awareness is going to lead to new commitments that lead to your ongoing transformation in this journey that you've been taking. Audrey, I'm just thank you for sharing and just being willing to open up here um, because I'm telling you, there's at least one person who is watching or listening that this is me. And if that is them and they're 
resonating with your story here, seriously, what is the best way for them to reach out and connect with you to say hello, to know just if, if nothing more, they're not alone. Yes, absolutely. If that is you out there, please, you know, feel free to reach out and connect. Um, I can definitely understand where you're coming from. I can hopefully give you some, some uh, pointers as to some possible paths forward. If nothing else, just be a listening ear and say, I've got you. I understand you, but you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Audrey Canada. Connect with Audrey, learn with Audrey, grow with Audrey. Audrey, thank you so much. This has been such a important conversation today that it is my hope that we can continue to increase awareness into why financial coaching can truly be a path to level up loans and deposits going forward into the future. Thank you. I appreciate being here. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, be the light.